Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, the Timberwolves have signed Trevor Keels to a training camp deal. They now only have one spot left on their camp roster. We'll break down who Keels is as a player, what to expect, and then also the other three non-roster invitees to training camp, the non-guaranteed uh, players that will be in camp. We'll do previews of all four of them here today on the show. Could any of them, do any of them have a shot at getting that last two-way deal or perhaps the Wolves' last standard roster spot, roster spot number 15? We'll break it all down on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown to get started. Happy Tuesday, everybody. And uh, happy training camp eve. Training camp kicks off on Wednesday with the Timberwolves playing in Abu Dhabi in just over a week from now against the Dallas Mavericks kicking off preseason. So tons to get to. First of all, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find Lockdown Wolves. Of course, the show is also available on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon at Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today. Again, Roku or Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on Twitter or X at B Beacon and also at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right, training camp kicks off tomorrow on Wednesday. The Timberwolves play in Abu Dhabi against Dallas a week from Thursday, October 5th, and then also again on October 7th, a week from Saturday. So um, I'm going to get into the player preview series here. Starting today, we're basically going to go through the entire roster. Uh, well, we are going to go through the entire roster, but uh, it'll be anywhere from, with the exception of today, where we'll cover, cover all four Exhibit 10 deal signees or, or likely Exhibit 10 contract signees. Then we'll do two or three players per day. So we'll spend anywhere from eight to 12 minutes on a player. And there could be a couple exceptions where I do a full show as we get towards the top of the roster. But um, right now it's looking like on average two players per show Um, to kind of break down. What I'll do is look at what they did last year. If they were on the Wolves or elsewhere, what expectations would be this year, what I think their role should be, what I'm excited to see about see from each player. Um, So that's what we'll really spend the next the rest of this week and, and the majority of next week, save for Friday, which will be our first post-game pod. Yes, it's preseason action. Yes, I'm excited about it. And we will for sure do a post-game pod. Uh, that's a week from Friday. So mark that down on your calendars um, as the first the first post-game pod of the season, although it is a preseason edition. So anyway, today let's get into the Timberwolves actually did make a signing reportedly. that I don't believe they've announced it as of this recording as a team. Uh, but John Krasinski gave the Athletic reports that the Timberwolves will be signing Trevor Keels to a, a training camp deal, and it's likely an Exhibit 10 contract. The Timberwolves now have four players if the all of the reports. They've actually technically only announced two officially. That would be Veet Krejci and Dacian Nix. We'll talk about both of those guys. About a month ago, that was reported that they had signed Javante Cook to a training camp deal, and then now Trevor Keels is the most recent report. So that's four 
um, if all indeed come to fruition, which by the way, coupled with the two two-way deals that the Timberwolves have signed to Jalen Clark and Luca Garza and the 14 standard contracts that only leaves one spot left on the roster. You can have up to 21 players in your training camp roster. Uh, one spot that does not include the non, uh, excuse me, the 15th standard contract, right? So they have 14 guys that are on standard or guaranteed NBA contracts. They have one open slot available there. They have one two-way contract slot available um, and that's it. Otherwise, training camp deals have been given out reportedly by the Wolves. So let's talk about Trevor Keels. We have not talked about him at all. Later in the show, we are going to talk about Dacian Nix. We're going to talk about V. Krejci. We're going to talk about Javante Cook. I will give a preview for all those guys. So uh, you're familiar with all those names on the Wolves roster as we head into the preseason. And uh, good chance we see a lot of those guys, I would think, early on, especially with so many Wolves players coming out of international play recently. Um, I'd be surprised if they gave... I mean, I don't know. On some level, I feel like they probably have to give the ants and the cats and the Rudies of the world some run in Abu Dhabi for the international fans. But on the other hand, those guys all just played internationally a couple of weeks ago. You know, let's let's uh, let Vit Krejci and Trevor Keels and, and some of those guys get a bit of run, right? Anyway, let's talk Trevor Keels. So Trevor Keels last season was a rookie on a two-way deal with the New York Knicks, only appeared in three NBA games, but he was on a two-way deal for the entire season. And they actually did extend him a qualifying offer that he accepted this offseason. And then he was waived a few days later. Um, I'm sorry, he wasn't on a two-way deal for all of last year. He was on a two-way deal for much of last year, signed a 10-day contract, and then was back on a two-way after he was waived. This summer, he signed a qualifying offer, thought he'd be back about a week later. The Knicks waived him to sign somebody else. And so uh, he spent the majority of last season with the New York Knicks, only played in three games at the NBA level, was a mainstay on the G League team for the Knicks um, in, uh, was it Westchester? Is that is that where they play? Am I right about that? I'm going to make sure I'm right. Yeah, the Westchester Knicks. And uh, had a pretty solid season in the G League in general. Um, I mean, there were... I, like overall advanced stats weren't super complimentary of him at the G league level last season, but some of the other numbers, like for instance, well, let's start here. Let's talk about what he did in college. So he, he was a one and done at Duke. He played one season. He really kind of took off. It kind of a, was more of a, I don't know that he had like a cult following necessarily, but saw some success in the tournament and became, you know, declared for the draft after just the one season at Duke Started 26 of 36 games. The college stats are pretty good. The shooting numbers are not great. Um, overall, he was about 42% from the field. He was only 31% on three-point attempts in his one year at Duke. Um, he's a combo guard, kind of a six-foot-four, bigger, really more comfortable as a scoring guard. Um, in fact, what I wrote down in my notes, he, again, spent last year with the Knicks. Not surprisingly, he feels like kind of a Tibbs guy, right? Like Tom Thibodeau likes big guards. Um, he's a little bigger than Derrick Rose, but Derrick Rose kind of has that bigger build, the broad shoulders. I think back to Chris Dunn, who who Tom Thibodeau famously wanted on, on draft night instead of, say, a Jamal Murray or a Buddy Heald, right? He wanted a bigger guard that was hard-nosed, defensive-minded, could get to the basket. Even think back to Jared Terrell. Remember that name? Um, you're, a, you're a Timberwolves I guess Timberwolves masochist, if you will, if you remember Jared Terrell, but what, like four or five years ago, I think the 17, 18 season, maybe he was a two way, I think maybe the first ever two way contract signee by the Timberwolves appeared in a couple dozen games at the NBA level, a bunch of games in the G league. And he's, he's been played overseas since this was his only NBA cup of coffee. 
And he was kind of a big scoring guard, high volume, moderate efficiency, not a great passer. I think Kiels is probably a better passer. We'll get into that. Um, but it's it wasn't surprised. The more I dug into Kiels, who I was only a little bit familiar with from March Madness a couple years ago, um, it didn't shock. Like his profile fits a lot of what we know about what Tom Thibodeau likes, at least in these kind of fringy NBA guys that are trying to make it, right? Tom Thibodeau likes tough, hard-nosed, big guards. And that's what Trevor Keels is. He is a kind of a, a he's the, he doesn't have a point guard's body because he is big and strong, but he doesn't quite have the height or the length of a typical um, of a typical shooting guard, right? He's he's 6'4 with, with a good wingspan. Again, very strong, broad shoulders, can bully ball guys in the, in you know, especially in college, he could do that when he got into the paint. Potentially has some post-up game to him, not that that's ultra important with what his role is likely to be at the NBA level. Um, he's a pretty good defender. He had some issues in college with lateral quickness, which of course is then perhaps a bigger problem in the NBA. But again, the tools are there otherwise that perhaps if he can... Um, you know, continue to improve his uh, conditioning and some of the uh, some of the ins and outs of the NBA game. I, I think there is some upside there defensively because he seems to be a very smart, intelligent player, have good feel on both ends of the floor, um, and again has a big body. And I, you know, I don't know that he's going to guard at the point of attack like athletic point guards at the NBA level with a whole lot of success. I think he's probably going to be more of kind of a lockdown off ball guy, if you will, where he's guarding. Uh, probably not the biggest of wings because again he's six four, maybe six five max. But I think if he's guarding kind of those those medium usage type wings and can guard them on the ball and off the ball, can chase them. Um, I, I think that he is again the fact that he's tough. He plays really hard. Um, he's an intense player. I think all those things help defensively for him, and that's going to kind of be his calling card. Is like, hey, I can. I'll compete defensively. I've got good size. I could be a bit of a bruiser as a guard. Um, I think that that is going to be his hook as a professional basketball player stateside. Like that's going to be how he carves carves out a niche role at the NBA and or G League level. I want to talk a little about his offensive game next, and then we'll get into Javante Cook v. Krejci and Dacia Knicks. And uh, that's how we'll spend the rest of the show here today. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends, our title sponsors over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action, I promise you. Monday night, there were, again, two Monday night football games, which is a ton of fun to bet on FanDuel. Thursday night is maybe my favorite night because there's just the one game. You could focus in on it. You could take, um, you know, you could look at the game spreads. You could look at the player props for the night. Also, NBA win totals as we're getting into the NBA season. The app at FanDuel is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. Again, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Simply visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. We talked about on Monday's show, Timberwolves over-under win total, and I would smash the over on the Wolves. I know I said that last year. I was wrong. But I firmly believe if Carl Thitty Towns was healthy, I would have been right. Currently, the win total at FanDuel for the Wolves is 44.5. I think they'll be above that. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to kick and kick off the NFL season as well as leading into NBA training camps. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day as we are doing the pre- player preview series, which means we will be into, we'll do likely the two-way contract guys on Wednesday's show. We'll also talk about first day of training camp. If anything notable comes out of, out of practice uh, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll keep an eye on that. But we'll get into two-way guys, uh, Luca Garza, Jalen Clark, and then into last year's rookies. Well, uh, Wendell Moore Jr., I guess, and, and Josh Minot. Uh, this year's rookie, Leonard Miller, assuming Jalen Clark doesn't get any run this season because of the injury. So all that's kind of the rest of this week. We'll transition into rotation, guys, maybe Friday, certainly Monday of next week. And uh, we'll go on up the roster here over the next week or so. All right. Uh, a little bit more from uh, regarding Trevor Keels. Uh defensively, again, I think he he's a big body. He'll play hard. I think he'll be quick enough to guard a lot of wings at the NBA level. Um, on offense, he's an interesting player. Uh, I think he's a solid secondary playmaker from what I've seen of him. He seems like the sort of player who, I mean, he's not, a, he's not really a point guard. He's not a non-passer or a non-shooter. He's just kind of somebody who fits within the fabric of your offense. He'll keep the ball moving. He'll make the right play. He'll he could be kind of that secondary playmaker. It's it's really kind of an interesting. Um, he's just like kind of a glue guy, if you will. Like he'll make the right pass, he'll keep the ball moving. He can operate as a pick and roll as a second option, right? If the ball gets swung to him and you're screening, rescreening, and he's got the ball in the wing, it clocks running down. He can run pick and roll and make the right play. He can get into the paint, kick it to the opposite corner. He can get all the way to the rim himself. There's plenty of examples of him doing this, especially at Duke. And and, and uh, frankly, I didn't really watch much of him at the G League level last year. Um, and you know, he just signed on Monday, so I you know I crammed on Trevor Keels combined with what I remember from a couple of years ago. Uh, but at least at Duke, that was kind of Duke had Duke had a lot of scores, right? Like Duke is Duke, and he wasn't the guy, but he found some of his shots, and he found. You know, he was a, a relatively efficient, high assist guy, at least in terms of his assist rate to turnover rate. An intelligent player, smart player, again, right pass, picking his spots at the right time. And that's what his role is going to be in the NBA level, right? Like the vast majority of guys, this is, I would say, half the battle is figuring out, hey, this is my role. This is what I found the things I need to do well to carve out a role at the NBA level. It's like not everybody has that awareness. And I think Trevor Keels has it at least, at least had it enough to be successful at Duke, find a role as that as his loan season at Duke went on. And then also last year with Westchester in the Knicks, if he's going to stick as a pro basketball player stateside, he's going to have to understand that his role is going to be to lock down whoever he's guarding. It's going to be to be a ball mover on offense, pick his spots as uh, you know somebody who could get into the paint and pick apart the defense a bit. Um, and if he can understand that that's his role and he's not the high usage guy and he's not initiating the offense every time down the floor, then he'll have a role in the NBA. I think it's very possible. Um, he's a good enough athlete, I think, as a shooter uh, catch and shoot threes at Duke, he was only 30%. And again, I said earlier, I think, what, 32%-ish uh, overall from outside the arc. In the G League last year, um, he shot 35.5% from three. And in high school, I couldn't find the exact percentage, but every scouting report I read said he was completely lights out in high school. And the form's pretty good. It's a little rigid. He, he looks a little bit like, as soon as the ball leaves his hand, his follow-through is like really statuesque, but not like in a like a really 
not in a good way necessarily. Like it's not a fundamentally bad shot. It's just a little awkward. Uh, but the release is quick enough. And he's again, good enough size for the most part. Like I think that the tools are there. And the fact that he shot better last year in the G league from three point range than he did in college, that's a good sign. And perhaps, you know, making basketball his full-time job and working with professional coaches all the time, every day, that's going to help him, and he can go from 35% last year at the G League level to 37 38% this year, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, the tools are all there, and if he could be a, a league-average shooter, an above-average passer, an above-average defender, that's a well-rounded player who also plays with toughness and size and can rebound a bit at his position because of his size and IQ, that's an NBA player. Like, he could find his way into a roster as a depth piece, and, you know, I... I it's unlikely exhibit 10 guys don't usually make the NBA squad, which is why they signed the exhibit 10 deal. Um, so they get that signing bonus and incentive to stick with the G league club. I like Trevor Keels. I, I like him as a prospect. I like him as an end of the roster type of guy who can give you something. Um, I want to come back to him cause I'll talk about, I mean, I guess spoiler. I like, I think he's got the best shot at any of these guys to actually make the club um, because of all the reasons I just stated. I just I like how well rounded he is, and I like that he has a couple of NBA skills. Um, just simply being a glue guy and showing that he has that feel is a really important one. And playing hard defensively is so important. And I think he's got a real shot. I think he's got a shot. All right, Javante Cook, the Wolves reportedly signed three ish weeks ago. It was right at the beginning of September, end of August. The Wolves have not, I, I don't think they've officially announced this yet, but a refresher, a quick refresher on Javante Cook. He's six foot six, uh, played D2 and then HBCU ball in college. And the Wolves, I think he was in summer league each of the last two years with the Wolves. They uh, kept him in the Iowa Wolves with the Iowa Wolves last year. And in the Iowa Wolves regular season, he shot 42% from the floor, 31% from three. In the Showcase Cup, he was 34% from three. Um, in general, underwhelming season um like wasn't great at passing the ball didn't have great rebound numbers for his size I think the idea behind Javante Cook is that hey he's 6'6 with a plus wingspan like uh, he should be a 3 and D type guy they really like his size he's got pretty good athleticism my only concern is he doesn't do any one thing really well other than probably being an above average defender He's not like significantly above average that you can live with the offensive game being virtually non-existent. But he took more than half his shots from three-point range last year and shot 31% from three. Didn't get to the line with consistency. Didn't pass well without turning it over. Like there's probably some upside in development to be had there. And I think he's a G League guy again. Um, I'm just not super enthused about Javante Cook as as a, a true candidate to make the Timberwolves roster. In fact, of the four... Uh, Keels, Cook, Krejci, and Nix. He's the one who I think has the longest shot of making the roster. He's also the only one of the four that doesn't have any NBA, actual NBA regular season experience. So maybe that goes without saying, but I think the idea is that he's a theoretical 3 and D player with good athleticism, good size, a good defender. I just, there, I don't know that there's enough there, there otherwise, like for him to, to really stick at the NBA level. All right, let's close by talking Krejci and Nix, and then I'll give kind of my ranking of these four guys and, and who I think has a shot at making it either on a, you know, that, that 15th roster spot, a standard guaranteed NBA deal, or at least partially guaranteed deal, or a two-way deal. The Wolves still have the one two-way contract spot available 
Uh, so we'll break all that down here next. All right, talking Veet Krejci and Dacian Nix, let's talk about Veet Krejci first. The Wolves reportedly, not reportedly, they actually announced that they signed Krejci nearly two weeks ago now. Um, and quick refresher there as well. He is a six foot eight, really a point forward, seven foot wingspan, really good size. Um, and originally from the Czech Republic, um, and he was drafted actually by the Wizards, acquired by the Thunder on draft night a couple of years ago. And he had just torn his ACL playing overseas. And he's one of these guys who started playing professionally in his late mid late teens. Um, was seen as like this really exciting point forward prospect that had a little bit of everything. Torres ACL was still drafted by the Thunder, rehabbed as a member of the Thunder primarily, and then played in 30 games in the 21-22 season, actually started eight for Oklahoma City, averaged 23 minutes per game when he played. The numbers are not eye-popping in any way, shape, or form, but they're not horrible, considering he was 21 coming off of major knee surgery and, you know, in a, all the other things apply to, to foreign players coming here uh, in terms of his, um, you know, uh, adjusting to a new culture, new teammates, all that stuff. And he was okay as a rookie. Like he shot almost 60% of his shots from three-point range and he only made 33% of them. But that's also not really his calling card, right? Like he's supposed to be able to shoot a little bit and that's really nice, but his whole thing is passing the ball. Now the assist to turnover ratio has not been good at the NBA level. In fact, it's been negative. Um, and so there is a lot of work to be done there. But the size and the way that he can pass the basketball, he's got a pretty tight handle. He can use both hands. Um, all those things are pretty tantalizing. He was traded to Atlanta last year and only played in 29 games with the Hawks and played considerably less overall. Uh, to be fair, Krejci's only played in, what, a total of 17 games at the G League level, and the scoring numbers are not eye-popping, neither are the assist numbers, but the shooting numbers are better there, and there's a lot to like about the way that he approaches the game and also the touch that he's able to put on the ball, passing and shooting. The scoring upside and dis distribution upside is there. The the best thing about Krejci, though, is he plays really hard and he's a good defender. Um, he's athletic enough and he's certainly long enough and he's got a good enough feel. And again, maybe the most important thing in addition to the size is he legitimately plays hard all the time. And that's a valuable thing to have in somebody at the end of your roster. So he on an exhibit 10 deal with some NBA experience, you know, what total, what did I say? Like maybe a total of 50 games over the last two years. Um, that's about right, right? Uh, yeah, 59 games between Oklahoma City and Atlanta the last two seasons. Still just 22 years old, turning 23 this year, or actually he just turned 23 this summer. I think he's got a shot um, as well because of all of those reasons I just stated. I, I just think he's got to show a little more consistency and some growth that he's continued to improve his shot and his decision-making. But I think defensively and size-wise, he's there. The Wolves clearly are looking for some more playmakers with size. I think that's pretty obvious when it comes to Krejci. Speaking of playmakers with size, Daisha Nix is another example. Daisha Nix is probably a name that's familiar if you're an, a, you know, an NBA fan that follows any teams besides the Wolves. He was an undrafted free agent signed by the Rockets off of the G League Ignite a couple of years ago and played in 24 games two seasons ago. Last year, played in 57 games for the Rockets, started seven, played 60 minutes per game. Now, across 81 NBA games in two seasons, he shot only 28% from three and 35.5%. 35.5% from the floor. Not from three, from the floor. The shooting numbers are 
like they're they're hideous, right? They're really, really bad. He also has turned the ball over in 25% of his possessions at the NBA level, 25%. And it's a relatively small sample, but he still played almost 1,200 minutes over 81 games the last two seasons. And yeah, Houston was a disaster. Dacia Nix has pretty limited NBA experience or professional experience, period. So on the one hand, I want to give him some benefit of the doubt and say like, hey, I mean, he probably should be like a sophomore in college right now, honestly. He didn't play a whole lot of high-level basketball, you know, up until now. So, of course, he's going to be behind the eight ball. I'm not super excited about Dacia Nix, mostly because, like, the, the the whole reason why he was an intriguing prospect was the combination of his size. He's 6'4", 6'5", depending on where you look, with a plus, like 6'6", six, six wingspan, 6'7", six, wingspan. So good size for a point guard, yes, and a good passer, good touch, good feel, all that stuff. But he's not like an otherworldly passer and he's just an okay defender and he's just an okay athlete and he's not an efficient scorer. And then you look up and he's got a negative assist turnover ratio and has turned the ball over in a quarter of all his possessions used at the NBA level. And unless something turns around really quickly, I just don't know that there's much to get excited about here. He hasn't exactly been as advertised in any of those areas. Uh, But again, give the guy the benefit of the doubt in terms of his age and experience level, there certainly could be more there. And I think he probably needs another year in the G league as crazy as that sounds. Um, otherwise I, I don't, you know, like I, I what's that experience going to look like at the NBA level, especially for a team like the wolves that's trying to win now. Um, I just don't know what the expectation would be for Dacia Knicks, uh, you know, with the wolves. Uh, two years ago, he actually didn't play in Rio Grande at all last year. Two years ago with Rio Grande, he played in 18 games, started all 18 and averaged 21 points per game, shot 40% from three. So maybe there is some hope in terms of three-point shooting, but all I know is in two seasons at the NBA level, he's below 30%, which is, I mean, that's Jalen Noel territory, Um, which, you know, sorry, Jalen, last year was rough, right? It's That's the territory we're talking in terms of his three-point shot. So I don't think... I, I don't think that Dacia Nix has a realistic shot at making the team. I think it's pretty likely he's in Iowa to start the year. So to recap, the Timberwolves have four players reportedly on Exhibit 10 deals with non-guaranteed contracts, essentially training camp deals with incentives to end up with the Iowa Wolves. Trevor Keels, the most recent signee. Javante Cook was the first one. Vic Krejci and Dacia Nix signing over the past couple of weeks. I am most excited about Trevor Keels. I think that he has the most NBA ready skill set now and fits a bit of a need of, you know, a bigger guard that can defend and also just play a role, plug and play, swing the ball, et cetera. Like in some ways he's a lower upside version in my mind of Wendell Moore Jr. Possibly as good or a better defender now, even Uh, not quite the same size. He's a little smaller than Wendell Moore, but that type of a player, right? A big guard who's well-rounded could do a lot of different things. I like Trevor Keels for that spot. Uh, Vic Krejci would be my next pick. I think he's the next most exciting. And then I'm not super excited about Dacia Nix or Javante Cook, but they both have a shot. And um, I think it's likely they're both in Iowa. So look for Keels or Krejci to have a shot at that third two-way deal. I'd be really surprised if the Wolves sign anybody, much less one of these guys, to that last 15, that last spot, the 15th roster spot, the standard deal. Um, that would be a partially guaranteed deal to, to be on the Wolves standard roster just because I think they're going to leave it open for some flexibility and um, there's really no need to fill it right now. I think you wait, see if you get through training camp healthy 
if somebody wows them in training camp, then you could always look at it. But I think leaving it open, especially with really limited cap space, or I should say space room under the luxury tax, I think that makes a lot of sense. But Keels, Krejci, both have a shot at that third two-way deal in addition to Jalen Clark and Luca Garza. Cook and Knicks also in camp. We'll keep an eye on this, obviously, and uh, it'll be one of those battles. Perhaps they'll all see some time in Abu Dhabi uh, next week against Dallas. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the, on the, uh, the developments there. All right, that's all I have for you today here on the show. Of course, we'll be back at it with player previews uh, tomorrow on Wednesday's show. Planning to do the two two-way guys I mentioned earlier, Jalen Clark, the rookie guard with the Achilles injury, Luca Garza, and then also likely Wendell Moore Jr. will be the, the topics of Wednesday's show. A big thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Locked on Wolves. You can also watch on the Locked on Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on Twitter at Locked on T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Locked on Wolves podcast is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked on Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast. And we'll catch you next time.